This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Welcome to the Candid Life podcast, where we turn our broken hallelujahs into melody lines of impact. And I am your host, Lydia Gago. Today, I am delighted to have on the show Mrs. Claudette Harris. Claudette has been a longtime friend for many years, and we actually got to meet each other, I think, through Bible study. And over the years, I have worked with Claudette's husband as well who is a producer and done some work with him. So Claudette, welcome to The Candid Life. Thank you, Lydia. Thank you for the invitation to join you today. Absolute pleasure. Well, I'm not going to give anything away. Today, we are going to be talking about metamorphosis, trusting the process. Claudette has written a beautiful little devotional about trusting the process and really believing God in whatever situation or journeys that we may go through in life. But before we get into our discussion, introduce yourself. Thank you again. My name is Claudette Harris. And uh, first and foremost, I am a wife of 37 years. I have three children. Uh, One of those children is a bonus son, who is a pastor in the city of Detroit. I have four grandchildren and a grand dog. (laughs) I am also um, an entrepreneur. I'm the CEO of At Your Service Consulting, LLC, and I provide customer service, communication, and leadership development, coaching, speaking, and training to organizations. That's me in a nutshell, and I'm sure you'll hear a little bit more of my story as we go further in our conversation. So Claudette, over the last couple of years, so much has happened. Mm-hmm. And just before we get into that, what happened, I just wanted to find out a little bit more about your upbringing, family life. I mean, tell us a little bit more. So I tell the story these days a little bit different. I used to say, and it's true, that I am an only child. Um, because I was raised by my mom and dad, an only child. But as I was um, meditating one day, that reminded me that I am the one that survived. My parents actually had two boys. One was stillborn and was born before me, and one died shortly after birth that was born after I was. And so I'm the child that survived, and so I know that God has a purpose for me because of that. But I was raised as an only child in the city of Detroit. I'm a product of Detroit Public Schools, graduated from Central Michigan University, and have some coursework for master's at Lawrence Tech. Worked in corporate for 41 years and retired in 2017. And um, that's a little bit about my upbringing, raised in um, church. Uh, non-denominational, well, the denomination was Church of the Brethren, which is interesting, Uh, but that's what I was raised in, and uh, just a a rich, godly heritage, and I'm grateful for that. That's great. I didn't realize that we had a connection with Lawrence Tech. 
Hmm. Yeah. I graduated from Lawrence Tech just last year. I love that whole thing that you said there about I was the child who survived. The part of you, right? The very, very much yeah. a part of you. And I never really thought about that. Yeah. Until God, God just spoke that to me one day. So, yeah. yeah. That's really, really powerful. I so often have said, uh, I have five children and not four. Because I had a miscarriage in between the boys and the girls, as much as uh, that happened, that child is still very much a part of me. So that's beautifully done there. So you've had quite a bit of a history in terms of your work and uh, just different experiences. But the last couple of years, uh, you had a few challenges with your health. Yes. Um, would you like to share that with our audience, please? Sure. So I, as I said, I worked in corporate for 41 years and I retired at the end of 2017. Uh, in March of the following year, March 14th to be exact, so it'll be um, the anniversary coming up Monday, I received a call from my doctor um, and she informed me that my m- most recent mammogram showed that I had breast cancer. And certainly um, I was shocked and there was a moment of silence there. And finally I said to my doctor, um, no, she said, I I, I seem to be more upset than you are. And all I could say to her was, uh, Dr. Campbell, I trust God. All we can do is trust God's process. So let's do whatever we need to do next. And so I had two surgeries and went through radiation. I did not have to go through chemotherapy. And um, now, almost four years later, I'm cancer-free and I praise God for that. That's that's really powerful. I mean, just the fact that the doctor even acknowledged that there was something different right? There was something different in how you responded to the news. Cancer is definitely something that people fear. And so your doctor actually noticing that and just saying, wow, I'm more upset about the news than you and you being able to just, you know, I trust God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, my doctor, my OBGYN is a believer and we had talked about God before. So she immediately knew. And I think that's why she was so upset because we had kind of connected on that level. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's good to have a doctor that cares like that and can also um, understand when you say we're going to trust God's process. That's great. Interestingly enough, though, during that whole process, as you were going through the, was it the chemo radiotherapy? Radiation. Yeah. The radiation therapy, God started speaking to your heart. I thought that was a very, very interesting thing. You went to the theme of metamorphosis yes. and just trust in the process. Tell us a little bit about what God was speaking to you and how in his speaking to you, it became an anthem for you to, to navigate this uncharted world. Yes. So from day one, certainly, of course, I was nervous. You, you, you know, it was the unknown. And like you said earlier, it's a shock that you're going through this. But every day from day one, Lydia, when I was on the table receiving my treatment, God would give me a song. And I was I, I was able to time it 
by praying for my immediate family. And by the time I got through each name and the song that he would give me, I knew it was almost time for the treatment for the day to end. And so I began to write down the songs that he gave me. And they were just everywhere. They were on sticky notes. They were on pieces of paper, envelopes, napkins, just everywhere. But God told me to write them down. And at the end of the treatment, when everything was done, he told me to do a devotional from the scriptures, the songs that he gave me. And um, the devotional metamorphosis came. Now, I'm not going to say it came right away, right when he told me, because I was like, I'm not writing. I'm not a writer. But, you know, you can't box with that, right? And so <laughs> I eventually wrote the, the devotional. He instructed me not to charge for it, but to offer it um, for anybody who wanted it. And, you know, donations go to a couple of cancer organizations that I'm affiliated with. So. That's very powerful. You know, I I remember I got a chance to walk through this devotional and listen to the songs. You know, thank goodness for Google, right? You can just pull some of these things up. And as I was reading your journey and the the words that God had given you and the scriptures that he had given you and the songs as well that he had given you um, for each day, I got very encouraged by the promises of God and the Mm -hmm. hope that was being just channeled through every single page. On many levels, those songs became an anthem for you. They did. Um, I mean, the Bible says that the word of God is truth and it's powerful. So after every song or after every moment, how do you feel that impacted you as a person as you were pressing through this treatment? It gave me encouragement and it gave me hope. It just got me through because certainly there were days where you know, the the effects of the radiation had me tired and not feeling the best. But because I love music so much, those hymns carried me through on a daily basis. I think it was the first or second day. Um, the song was, I will trust in the Lord. And I noted in the devotional, when I got to the part where it said, I will trust in the Lord until I die. I could not say the word die. And so I asked myself, do you really trust him? If, if you trust him, you will trust him all the way. And I quoted my, my, one of my dear friends, mom, her name is Maletta Cross. She's going to be with the Lord. But she used to say, all means all. So if you trust him, you trust him with everything. And so it was those things and those messages that came back to my remembrance that carried me through. You mentioned that uh, you you encouraged yourself, you Mm -hmm. spoke to yourself. And is this something that you did a lot of during the treatment? Yeah, actually, Lydia, it was almost every day on the way there, on the way home. Um, more on the way there. Uh, my husband would drive me every day. But there were some days when I probably even said to him, I'm just not going to go today. I just want to 
you know, we'll delay it out. We'll push it out. He said, no, you're going. But I'd have to tell myself, kind of just breathe. Just trust God. You're going to be okay. You know, you'll make it out. Days I had to tell myself, many people have gone through worse. They'll make it. You'll make it. So, yeah, there was a lot of talking to myself and encouraging. Mm Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel your family responded to to the news? I mean, did you tell anybody about it or did you just keep it in close quarters? I told my husband and my children. My husband was extremely um, supportive. He um, pretty much dropped everything. He has his own business and he would repeatedly tell people, no, I can't meet with you then because my wife has cancer treatment or just some days because he felt like he just needed to be here because I wasn't feeling the best. So he was very supportive. Um, I told all three of the children. My daughter was here because the the girls were here. My oldest son, um, he would call and check on me. The baby would call me, he's not a baby, but he would call, but he didn't come over because he didn't want to see me sick. Mm. All he kept saying is, when is this going to be over? Interesting for a 26-year-old, right? But that's that's how they reacted. But then I had so much support from my sisters like yourself that just showed so much love and prayed with me, so... I know that I'm well-loved. I mean, you you mentioning about just the different responses to the news, I, I think really yeah. covers it with a lot of different people. I think mm-hmm. illness, especially when it's mom or dad, mm-hmm. it's very challenging, isn't it? Because you see them in this state of strength yeah. all the time. And so when you see them in a place of vulnerability, I think something shakes within you. And I didn't tell the grand girl. I didn't tell my granddaughters. I didn't want them worrying about me and it impacting them in school or anything like that. So I didn't share it with them until after. Yeah. So how did you help your other son who was struggling and didn't really want to come and see you at the time? What, how did you navigate that with him? I would just tell him I'm going to be okay. I said, you know how to pray. Uh-huh. I said, so you pray for me. And he said, if you don't want to see me like this, then that's okay. You know, I didn't try to make him feel guilty for not coming over or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. You know, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. That, that is really good, in fact, because I think when we are meeting people where they're at, allows them to come to a better place. Yeah. Probably even ask questions, understand things a little better. My hope was and still is that anything that I have to go through Um, I know that it's not just about me and for me, but I just have such a desire for him and my other children just to have a closer relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And hopefully through watching how I deal with things and how I react, that will help them as well. That's good. You know, this uh, metamorphosis, trust in the process, like you said, has been a devotional that has been used in different ways. So Mm -hmm. why don't you share briefly how this devotional has been used to just share truth and hope to those who may be experiencing cancer, but even those who are not, because 
I'm not walking through that, but I was very blessed by the contents of it. This little book really impacted the lives of those that you know around you. Yeah, it's so um, amazing. But then again, God is amazing. And when we're obedient to him, even if we don't understand, he blesses the work, right? So like I said earlier, he clearly instructed me not to charge for the book, for the devotional, but to donate to, I, I serve on the board of an organization that gives financial assistance to women that are going through um, breast cancer treatment if they're having financial trouble. Um, and then there's another organization that's geared toward African-American women, and they provide the same type of services. So though that's where the donation, any donations go. But there is one lady at my church who I just shared the devotional with, and she has since requested at least 30 or 40 devotionals. She sends them out. I've given them to people that are in the waiting room while I was waiting for cancer treatment, just distributing them out. And so um, since the time that the, the devotional was written, I've distributed about 100 books. And I also had the opportunity to go through each day of the devotional during the month of October on Clubhouse. So that was a blessing too. <laughs> Something different and out of my comfort zone, but it was a blessing to be able to do it. That's good. What is your hope with regards the devotional, but your consulting work? What do you desire God to do through you? He's given you a new lease of life. It's given you a fresh opportunity to make a difference in the lives of others. What do you want God to do for you or do through you even now? So, end of the book I wrote, it is my prayer that the readers of this devotional embrace and enhance faith by trusting Jesus. He loves you with an everlasting love. But even through my business and the ministry um, that I'm currently in with women at my church, um, I just desire to help people know their value and worth in the kingdom of God, especially women. We don't always give ourselves credit for the gifts and the value that we add to the kingdom. So if I can do anything, because I'm not all the way there, especially all the time, right, in knowing my value and worth, but that's just my desire to see people grow um, in the Lord. And certainly of those that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal savior to come to know him as someone that they can trust and love. So Claudette, as we wrap up on this topic of metamorphosis and trust in the process and just hearing how this news was, yes, as shocking as it was, but God really gave you the grace to be able to navigate it, but also give you seeds to sow in the lives of others Yes. And this is a question I ask everybody. What does it mean for you to live the candid life? It means to me to live a life that is not um, ashamed of living the way that God tells me to live. I may not understand it. It may not feel comfortable. But if God is with me, 
I can be candid in my faith and live a candid life. That's good. It means not to be ashamed. Claudette, can you pray for anybody who'd be going through, maybe through cancer or a struggle right now? Could you close out for us in prayer? I'd be glad to. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, just for being God. We praise you for who you are. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are our healer and provider and so much more. So we come to you today, Lord, uh, just interceding on behalf of those that may be going through challenges, not only cancer and other health challenges, but mental, physical, financial, so much that uh, we're going through during these days. But Lord, when you are with us, we know that we can make it through anything and we come out victorious. So I pray for those that are listening that may feel hopeless, that they know that they can turn to you. And if there's anyone that doesn't know you as their personal savior or has walked away from you and desires to come back, that they reach out, that they come and know that you're waiting with open arms. We just thank you and praise you for Sister Lydia and this broadcast and the lives that will be impacted. And we give you all praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Claudette, if people want to connect with you and your business, how can they do that? Uh, The best way is through my website, which is www.atyourserviceconsulting.com. And I am also on all social media platforms under At Your Service Consulting, LLC. Folks, can I just say thank you so much for listening to The Candid Life. And Claudette, thank you for joining us on The Candid Life. Please connect with me at livethecandidlife at gmail.com. Listen on Spotify and the common platforms and Africot. Share and subscribe to my weekly podcast and you will leave inspired, challenged and empowered to live differently. Until next time, I'm Lydia Gago. Remember your life matters because your story matters as well. So live the candid life 24-7. God bless you. Thank you. God bless. Inaendeshwa na Afripods.